We're all familiar with that idea of a movie being made entirely in one take. Recently, we've seen it in films like 1917, Birdman, but going back farther, Alfred Hitchcock did it, Rope, and there are places in these movies where the cuts are hidden. So, you know, you could change reels in the case of Rope, other things like that. There were some that truly did do it in one take. My guest today is Philip Barantini, who you may know from his acting career. He's been in front of the camera a lot in many things, including Band of Brothers. Philip took a turn behind the camera with a short, Boiling Point, that he now has out as a feature by the same name. Boiling Point is a one-take film. But here's the thing. It really is a one-take film. I didn't even know that until I talked to him today and learned it through the course of this interview which totally changes the dynamic and the questions because once you know that it is a 90-minute take and then you find out that COVID struck and lockdowns happened while they were in production, the whole thing changes course. (laughs) So I invite you to enjoy listening to Philip talk about all of that and more on today's interview. Thank you again for being here and taking the time. There's a lot to talk about here. This is an amazing and unique movie. And for no film school and our listeners, that in and of itself is exciting. You know, the manner in which you made it. I want to talk about that. The short, I want to talk about that. But I feel like we have to start really with just you have had a prolific acting career, been in a bunch of things that everybody's familiar with. (laughs) And I'm wondering, how does that help or hinder your path to getting behind the camera directing something? Does it aid a lot? Does it get in the way in some ways? Does it inform the process? Yeah, it it definitely did because, I mean, you know, for many, many years, I I was an actor, I was an actor for 25 years and for, you know, I'd say, uh, well, a lot of that time, I'd always been been interested in, you know, behind the camera and how it all works and stuff like that and, you know, directors and, and so, you know, I was subconsciously, I was, I was learning you know, how it all worked on sets whenever, whenever I was on sets as an actor. So, so yeah. And and I guess when I decided to try directing, um, you know, for, for many, many years, I wanted to do it, but I never had the confidence because I'm from a town in, in Liverpool in the UK called Highton, which is a, which is a, you know, a relatively small town, but people from Highton, in my mind, we don't, we don't become directors. It's, you know, that's for like the educated people. Who, <laughs> well, wait, you know, I mean, you said Liverpool and so you became an actor and a pretty successful one and the Beatles mm. came from around there, right? So. That's very true. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. But yeah, so you felt like we don't become directors. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I was, I always put directors on this sort of like high sort of platform, you know, cause I look up to directors as, as an actor. You, you always do. But for many, many years, I, I burned desire to do it, but never had the confidence in myself to do it and make, and make the leap until the most terrific thing in my life happened. My, my mom passed away quite suddenly five years ago. Everything changed. It just made me go, you know what? Life is so short. Like, let's just, let's just give it a go and see what happens. And what's mm. the worst that can happen, you know? And actually, funnily enough, I, I, I spoke to, you know, then I started to go right. How do I go? How, how do I go about this? I'm going. I want to make something. How do I go about it? So I got in contact with an old friend of mine, Bart Raspoli, who's he's the producer of Boiling Point, and 
I said, look, I want to direct something. I want to, you know, try my hand at it. Do you recommend? How did you? Good- how did you know him? Just oh. curious. Like, where did that connection come from? So he was an actor as well. We worked together on Band of Brothers. Um, ah you know, 20, 20 years ago. And so, and we stayed in touch, you know, we, we, like I've stayed in touch with most of the guys. We've, we're all really close. And so I, uh, I said to him, can you recommend any good film schools? Cause he was producing at that point. He'd done hmm. a few movies and I said, yeah, do you know any film schools? And he said, dude, you've, you've been in film school for most of your adult <laughs> life. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, actually you're right. I didn't think of that. And then, you know, when you start to think, okay, yeah, I do. And he's like, you know, you know how it works. You know, you know about this, you know about that, you know, the, the you know, crossing the line and all the technical things. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And he said, and you you know about actors, you know, how actors think and, you know, actors, you, cause you are an actor. I'm like, absolutely right. Yeah. And so uh, I made a short and, and yeah, the moment I got on set, I was like, this just feels right. Yeah. I, I'm, I feel incredibly comfortable. And that was it for me. Then it was just like, you know what, this is, this is, this is the path I want to take and I'm never going to look back hopefully. And, and, you know, touch wood, it's, it's been amazing so far. So it was just his own vote of confidence in your ability because you had been on set so much and seen so much that you thought, I guess I do kind of know, like, then you felt yeah. like I can do this, like I can show up and there's no like imposter syndrome of like, well, I mean, well yeah there's always imposter syndrome and that i think there always will be and and you know imposter syndrome is 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 a thing and it's real and happens to everybody happens to the biggest producers and directors out there you know uh, you know everybody's like i'm gonna get found out this that's the way i feel you know (laughs) one minute someone's gonna tap me on the shoulder and go you're not supposed to be here get out of here (laughs) you know (laughs) but as long as you can put that to one side and go you know what i'm not gonna listen to that i'm just gonna keep going forward and and yeah i guess i guess it was him saying that and and he, something clicked in my mind i was like but but even up until i still had doubts in myself up until the point even when i was on set you know you're sort of like i've never directed an actor before i've never had to speak to an actor from the level of a director and, and what was funny was the first sort of day on set i was for this is for my very first short film that I did called mm-hmm. uh, Seconds Out. Right. You know, the very first day I was on set, I was like, you try and hang out with the actors because I'm an actor, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but then there's this like weird like thing where they kind of keep quiet when I walked over there or, you know, they'd be like, all right, what? And I felt like, oh, well, oh yeah, actually, do you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm actually the director now. So there's not like that. The actors are hanging out together. Is different, right? Yeah. And then now I'm hanging out with the crew. They're very divided, right? Everybody right, has yeah. their group. Absolutely. And now I'm, you know, I'm trying to hang out with the crew and obviously a lot of the crew, have, they've been in the industry for years. So, you know, they're talking like technical stuff and banter with the, together. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just trying to hang out and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't belong anywhere. I didn't belong anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tell me, like, so Seconds Out was the first short. Yeah, yeah. And that was the, okay, carpe diem, you know, like, see, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, do yeah. this. Yeah. And then was Boiling Point kind of in your mind somewhere as like, that's the thing. Like, did you have yeah. this idea? Because I know you also did another feature and then, you know, yeah. before Boiling Point became the feature, like, you know, when, when a yeah. lot of filmmakers, especially at the starting out level, the first mm-hmm. feature level, what's the idea that's going to get that movie made? And for you, yeah. was this one kind of like percolating or was the desire to direct, like what came first, the desire to do it or the idea? Like, this is a story I'm well, going back, you know, a few years, I was, when I was acting, I wasn't always on sets and I wasn't always working. So I needed to make some money at times, you know, so I started working in kitchens and I, I started from the bottom, you know, as a, washing dishes and, uh, and pots. And then I worked my way up after over 12 years, I worked in kitchens and, I, and after 10 years, I became a head chef because I was so, you know, I became really passionate about it. And it sort of overtook my life in a way. And it was really difficult to juggle the acting. And, and when you get to a certain level in a kitchen, you know, you become the boss, I guess, and, and people are relying on you. So, you know, I couldn't go to auditions because I had to be in work. And it was a really, like, tough moment. So, uh, But all the time I'm thinking, ah, oh, God, I don't know whether I want to do this. I want to, you know, my heart is in the creative industry and being, you know, directing and, and acting. And, and I just, I, you know, just like every moment every so often i get this like really like sad feeling like oh you know i just really wish i was back doing that really and so but during that whole time i had witnessed a lot of things and and i'd always thought to myself this world is absolutely ripe for drama and it's just got the characters and the things that i'd seen and witnessed and you know the ups and the downs and yeah the personal link to it is critical, right? Because yeah. that gave you the insight into it. You could write and direct from a place of, of authority. It's oddly similar to the way the chaotic energy of productions. Absolutely. Too, sort of. Absolutely. So yeah. there's something there that there's a crossover, but yeah, it really burns people out. And I think mm-hmm. your approach to this, the short, the feature, the feature being this kind of frenetic you know, energetic, like kind of a one shot thing like this. Yeah. Was that always baked into your ideas here? Or were you like, you know what, like, where did that come into play? Were you like, it's always going to be that? Or did that evolve? That evolved really. Yeah. I mean, when we, when we did the short film, we sort of talked about doing it in a conventional way with, I'd I'd always wanted it to be erratic and quite quick, fast paced and, and overlapping dialogue and all this kind of stuff, because that's what it's like in that world. So when I, spoke to my cinematographer Matthew Lewis we talked about various different ways of shooting it and and then it it, it wasn't a joke but it was like almost like oh we could just do it in one take <laughs> and, we, and we're like oh my god we could do it in one take and then we started <laughs> to think, oh yeah we could we really could and then because we do that and then it, we go over there and then it's, and you know so that's how the, the show came about and we got really excited about it and then we, we always sort of I always sort of knew that I wanted to do a feature and so we didn't know how the show was going to do, you know, as you never do when you make anything. You hope it's going to, people are going to like it. But um, the show w- went into various festivals and it did really well and people, you know, re- responded to it uh, really positively. And, and so 
we were like, okay, we are definitely going to make a feature then. So the first person, obviously, we had spoke to was Stephen Graham, who who plays the the, the lead in it, and uh, yeah, and we started to write it. I started to write it with my writing partner, James Cummings. We we were like, so okay, let's think about how we're going to do this feature. So again, go and we did the same thing. Let's do it conventionally with cuts and you know edits and things like that. And 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 then it was just again, it was just wasn't exciting me. I was just like, hmm. you know. And then I thought. I literally, I was on the set of Villain, my first feature, and I was just sat up in bed one night and I was like, I had a restaurant in my mind for the feature because I'd worked in this restaurant and it was like my my best friend is the owner of the restaurant. Mm. And I worked at the restaurants a few times, helping them out and stuff like that. So I knew the layout, like inside out in my head. Mm. So I sat up in bed and I was like, oh my God, if we could do... Oh, we could go through there, and then we come back, and, and it's it just all started to come, and I and I couldn't sleep the whole night, and I'm just thinking about and I'm blocking out the moves in my head and things. And then when I woke up in the morning, I I was actually staying because Matt Lewis was the cinematographer on Villain as well, and we were living together, which I like to do. We like to live together when we work together because then we're just completely in each other's pockets the whole time, you know, so we can talk about the movie nonstop. And so <laughs> I I think I may have woke him up. <laughs> And I was like, dude, we're doing boiling point in one take. He's like, what, 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 what? And I, I was like, yeah, we do the, the whole thing. We're doing, the, we're doing the feature in one take. And the, the, the reasoning behind it really, I didn't want it to be like a spectacle, you know, something really clever. Look how clever we are. We've done this movie in one take. Because the, the truth is, when you're in that environment in a restaurant, it is one take. And you don't get chance to stop or cut or leap forward an hour or you know rewind and go back you're you're on the train and you've got to you're going forward and that's it so and that's the same in life you know and this this movie is a slice of life it's a slice of an an hour and a half of this dipping the audience into this world and then pulling them back out again after an hour and a half and that was the main reason really for doing it that way and it you know, obviously, I, I spoke to Stephen Graham and said, "How do you feel about doing it?" The feature montage, <laughs> and he was like, "Are you insane?" I was like, "I think I might be. I think I might be." But what are, what are you saying? He's like, "Oh, let's do it, man. Let's do it." <laughs> That's awesome. I found that you know it keeps you glued, right? Mm-hmm. It keeps yeah. you engaged. And it's funny when you say, you know, you went back to the the model of edits and regular, mm-hmm. you know, traditional. You know, we're going to do it that way. And then it and it came to you, especially because you were on the set of your other movie. Something that was like it's not speaking to me, it's not exciting. Like what pushed you? Well, what what got you on that other feature? What did that come off of the short? How did you get involved yeah. with Bart Raspoli, the producer who he produced Boiling Point the Short? He sort of said to me on his way when, when we wrapped Boiling Point the Short, he was driving home back to London, and he called me and he said, "Look, I've been thinking. I've got this movie. I've got this script. We've got the finance pretty much ready to go." It's really low budget, but I'd love for you to have a look at it and have a read and see what you think because I think you'd be, you know, a great fit for it. And so I read it, and you know, I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great, and I thought I could put put my sort of little spin on the story that we've seen a million times. But, yeah. but I wanted to sort of bring some heart and some, you know, a bit of vulnerability to the main character, and and, and I and I got quite excited about it. And then we wrapped Boiling Point the, the short in December 2018, and then we were on set in March. 2019 with with villain the, f- the first feature oh yeah yeah it must be thrilling to jump into the new thing and have it immediately take over like this right <laughs> like just like like just having it be like you made this plunge you weren't sure you could do it 
And then quickly you were like doing it a lot. And not only did you do the short, you had a, a feature lined up and then you were back to getting the feature of the short made. It's exciting. Can you tell me technically about achieving the one shot, like the thing you said about having the map in your mind, about you know having the actor on board and knowing it's crazy, but just in the technical, like actually getting it done. You know, like like the cameras you use, the camera op, like you know all the the places where you do have to sort of cheat a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. Like, can of you course, tell us? Yeah. A well, bit we didn't cheat that? at all. It's all one one continuous take. There's no cuts at all, or any or any uh, hidden cuts. Yeah, that's amazing. Because like you know things like yeah. 19 because you got to know like you know like 1917. We all were you know amazed. There's cuts, but, right? You know, yeah, there's yeah. cuts. <laughs> or like rope, like course, Hitchcock yeah, did it. Exactly. But there's cuts, right? There's cuts, Birdman, right? There's cuts. But we we you know we knew that it had been done before with movies like Victoria, Russian Ark. Russian Ark. Yeah, I remember going exactly. to see Russian Ark. Me too. In the me too. And and it blew me away. You know, and so I was like this can definitely be done. It's been done before, right? So, you know, doing the short in one take, that was one take also, but that's 20 minutes. So, you know, we, we used mm-hmm. the Ari Alexa Mini um, with that, and it was it was fine. You know, it was it, Matt Lewis, again, who, who's my cinematographer. He, he's also the camera operator. He had an easy rig on, and he was able to, you know, maintain that, that weight for 20 minutes. But then, you know, you decide to do a, a whole feature in one take, which is 92 minutes, then you start to run the risk of like SD cards running out and things like that. And so, uh, and batteries and, and things. So we looked at the Ari Alexa Mini and it wouldn't have lasted that long. So we, we did some research right. and, and we found the one camera that the, the Sony Venice camera, you can A, you can separate the body of the camera from the sensor and the lens in what's called Rialto mode. And so we were able to put the, the body of the camera, we, de- we designed a rig, so it was on an easy rig, but then the body of the camera was attached to the Matt's, Matt Lewis's back. And then the, the sort of lens and the sensor were over the top of the easy rig on a sort of um, hmm. a bungee cord. So he was able to distribute the weight across his body. So he was able to maintain that for 90 minutes. And look, the kid's 25 years old. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how's oh, his body holding up? a fiddle. Like, so I've got no sympathy for him, you know. But, <laughs> but, but, the, but the main thing with the, with the Sony Venice camera is that we found out that you can live swap SD cards, which was, you know, that was the, the eureka moment for us because it's like, okay, so if hmm. we can take, we can swap out the SD cards while we're still, while we're shooting, that is like, that's, that, this camera's made for us, you know. But we tested it. Yeah. Um, you know, did you ever talk to Sony? Like, I'm curious to talk to. Like, you know, we we just had coverage how the Sony right, Venice right. Two is yeah, out. Yeah, I'm yeah. Curious, but like, we did talk to Sony, just only to sort of figure out the technical side of things. It what you know, and we used a company in in London called Canning Twenty Four, which is a camera rental company, and they're actually good friends mm-hmm. of mine. The, the the owner is a is a good friend of mine. He was actually a runner. Um, on a show that I did many, many, many years ago, and, and we stayed in touch, and now he's like he owns this, one of the the biggest camera rental companies in London, <laughs> so that was handy. So yeah, so Sony sort of we're involved in a bit. You know, we were asking them technical questions about you know is this possible? Can we do this? Can we do that? But then we just tested it a bunch of times, and you know Matt would sort of walk around the work the workshop where the, where the cameras were, you know, for an hour and a half, and then they'd test the, the swapping of the SD cards, and you know they'd shoot it all. 
and then watch it all back and it's like oh, you know it was one you know it didn't it didn't wasn't there's was no fault at all so so it was exciting we were like oh god we, we're gonna do we we're gonna be able to do this you know and we're, we're not just gonna have to use like a you know a small dslr camera or whatever you know we're gonna be able to do it with right. a proper kit like a proper kit you know and so yeah so so then we matt and i we got the location. The, so the location that I wished for in my dream, we, we got the location and I, I spoke to my friend and we were able to shut it down for three weeks. How hard was it to convince him that it was <laughs> to shut a restaurant down for three? Like that must've been a tough well, ask. You know, right? money talks, doesn't it? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money on this movie at all. It was incredibly low budget, but you know, we just said, look, we we sort of shut him down Monday to Friday, and then he would open weekends. And weekends are his busiest time anyway, so he was getting paid for the for the weeks, and then haven't been able to open for the weekend. So his customers weren't getting, you know, uh, was, he wasn't losing anybody. So Matt and I would go in there every minute of the day, literally, and just map it out. And we would walk around, pace around around the the, the restaurant, and I would be you know, in front of his camera, playing every character, jumping from here to there, and he'd follow me. And then, so the, the two rules that we gave ourselves from the beginning were that the first rule is the camera's never allowed to just float off on its own and just go and find something. Um, it has to always be motivated by a person. And then the second hmm. rule was we'd never repeat a move. So we never go and do the same move twice. So when, once we'd got those two rules down, we, we were able to then, you know, just slowly map it out and, 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 and walk it through. And then we'd walk it. So we'd do sort of beat by beat and we'd go through the script and, you know, there was no scene numbers in the script because we wrote the script in the, the, the POV of the camera. So it would, it would say, and now, and then the camera moves across here with this person. And then we go into the back kitchen and, and whatever, blah, 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 you know? So, so that's how we sort of right. walked it through. And then, yeah, once we got to the end of it, we, we do it again and then we do it again. And then Matt was, it's all about the muscle memory, really, then, you know. And then we bring the actors in and then rehearse with the actors. So then it was, we sort of just built it in layers, you know. And, and yeah, rehearsed it a lot. So how many times do you go through, it sort of becomes almost like a play. And, and because unlike, you know, in 1917 yeah. or Birdman, like it really mm. is all one shot. So you do this, the 90 minute thing. How many times? Well, did you originally, do it? when we set out to do it, we, we were going to give ourselves eight times. So that was going to be four nights, twice per night. So we'd do ninety minutes, then we'd have a break. I would give all the notes to everybody. We'd eat food. Some everybody would eat dinner or food or whatever, and then we would reset the whole restaurant, and then we'd do it again. That was the plan, eight times. But this was in March twenty twenty, so COVID was like a black cloud looming over us, literally. Amazing. I did oh, not yeah. know like that. You just added like a whole chapter to this podcast. Right. And we probably don't have time to talk about. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, I assumed you must've no. shot before because. So, so okay. literally, wow. we, we, so after the first, so we'd rehearsed for three weeks and then we had the weekend off and then we came in on the Monday during the whole three weeks, you know, COVID in the UK where we, where we shot it, COVID was, you know, this thing that was sort of whisperers and everybody was, you know, told to wash their hands, but nobody was wearing masks. We were all hugging each other. There was over 150 people on set at one moment. Yeah, March, I feel like, you know, you it was it's even yeah. was not. No, quite not at all. So no nope, yet. Nope. Yeah. And then but then when we started to rehearse, like people were starting to get nervous and saying, Should we be doing this? Like I mean, 
you know, and then the, so we, we finished the rehearsals on the Friday and then on, we had the weekend off and the news, everyone was watching the news over the weekend and it was just like, oh, this is getting scary now, you know, and so came in on Monday, you know, and we shot it first go. Great. Shot it the second go. Great. Okay. This is going to be great. We've got another six goes, but you know, those first two were good, but I, we sort of treated them as if they were like dress rehearsals really. Cause I knew that we had another six goes and I knew we were going to get the take we wanted. So that night when we got home, it was really late, really super late. And the producers called me and they said, uh, unfortunately we're going to have to shut this down after tomorrow. I was like, what, what do you mean? Just like, well, we've lost four crew members. They're not coming back tomorrow because they're petrified. You know, they lived with uh, elderly parents and they were scared, you know, so they didn't oh, want wow. to be involved. And so we had to recrew some of the camera team. And so the producers were getting incredibly nervous. I was getting, you know, I was stressed out anyway because of the logistics of the movie and, and, and trying to juggle everything. And so, yeah, so, so, the, so, so the second day we did it twice. And then we were like, okay, that's a wrap, guys. We've got to go home. And I was just, <laughs> I, I think everyone was just stunned, wow. you know? And then literally two days later, the whole country went into lockdown. And so we were so yeah. lucky. It must have been, because I remember, you know, we run mm -hmm. a film news site. Tom Hanks was positive that's and right. the NBA shut down, that the National right, Basketball yeah. Association. It, it all happened one day. We broke all that news and it was crazy. And it was sort of like, it turned the whole, like in a snap, you know, everybody went from hmm, what's going on here to, oh, we're not leaving our house. Yeah. And you were in the middle of a movie shoot. Absolutely. <laughs> and you were only getting, and it was a one take deal. That's crazy. It's amazing to me to think about, I've never talked to a filmmaker who has the experience of, okay, we're doing the movie in one take. I'm going to give notes on the whole movie to everybody. And then we're going to do it again. Like, and, and what, we're going to pick one or the other, and that's it. Like, how do you even begin to give notes to an entire crew and cast in a way that can be comprehended? I mean, I know just like my, my filmmaking experience and what I've been on sets with, like, giving notes is such an art unto itself, like being direct, being, being concise, communicating things that people can actually change. How do you do it to everybody for the whole movie? The way, we, the way we did it was literally like, I had my writer, my writing partner with me the whole time. So he was always on set. Obviously, when, when I call action, I'm behind a false wall watching a monitor and I can't cut, right? So, well, I certainly don't want to have to cut. So I'm saying to him, we're writing the notes down and he's writing them down. And then when I do call cut at the end, then everybody's like so high energy and everyone's all over the place and, you know, whooping and high-fiving and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like trying to find various different people. And, and so in the end, I just had to, I sort of said, right, everybody just, I had to stand on a table basically. And I, everybody gathered around the table and I just had to point out to people. And, you know, wow. I, and I felt kind of like, it felt like a bit like a dictatorship really. <laughs> it was like, but you know, I, yeah. I didn't have time to sort of go and find everybody. And, you know, just giving notes to everybody in front of everybody else um, was a really, you know, cause, cause you like, certainly when you're given actors notes, you sort of want to give that discreetly to them, just them, you know, but, but in this situation, I couldn't, we didn't have time to do that and I couldn't do that. Um, so, you know, I had to just not call them out, but you know, there was no, there was no bad notes ever anyway. It was, it was, it was sometimes just like, 
notes about marks and you know maybe don't say that or or say, say a bit less next time or things like that so it wasn't like oh you're really crap don't do that again you know it wasn't stuff like that it was it was it was right. small small notes sure. but that was the only way i could do it really it was it was stressful really stressful yeah i can only imagine because you're talking to everybody at the same time balancing constructive criticism with stuff that's useful with not being too harsh with what exactly. everyone else is going to think and being on yeah, the table. No, and, the, being on the t- <laughs> and actually we've got, we've got a lot of footage of it because we shot lots of behind the scenes footage from the, from even from the writing of the script all the way up to casting to then, you know, rehearsals and then the shoot. And now we've, we've been asked by, you know, all of the sort of distribution labels that they want to, they want to see a documentary. So so we're making this 30-minute documentary at the moment about the behind the scenes. And actually that me standing on the table is in there. I hope. Yeah, I was going to say, I really hope we yeah. get a hold of that so we yeah. can show it because, you know, it's a filmmaking website. It's perfect. But I mean, it's amazing. I feel like there's so much more to talk about, but I appreciate that we've had a chance oh, to discuss it. That. And I can't wait for more people to see it too because it's a real, I, I love that you really yeah. went for it and you did the one shot yeah. and you didn't, hide cuts Thanks, and that's man. so cool i appreciate so congratulations it. i really appreciate on everything. thank you thanks again all right take care thanks everyone for listening thank you philip for coming by it was really interesting to hear about how you direct people in one take truly sort of a unique thing. Excited for this film and for people to see it and appreciate all that went into it and to see what Philip does next. Be sure to check out our other interviews through our back catalog. There are many with many great filmmakers, including Edgar Wright from Last Night at Soho, the cinematographer and editor for Dune, one of the best movies in recent memory. Please also make sure to check out next week when we drop an interview with Dolph Lundgren, who is another actor who is taking a step behind the camera and has a really fascinating life story that we dig into. Thanks for listening. Mm